Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, welcome to uh, the third lecture tonight uh, by Dr. Gomsheini. Uh, we were graced to have him last Monday where he talked about Rumi and the perennial philosophy, and then last Wednesday about the discourses of Rumi. Um, I'm just going to say a few words uh, for the benefit of the Temenos audience, uh, a few points to make about um, his work and the tradition of love which he's going to be speaking of on. Um, he's the author of a book called 365 Days in the Company of Rumi. It's gone into several editions, published in 2007. Unfortunately, I don't have copies of it, but there's other copies of his edition of the Fihi Ma Fihi over there. Um, I just wanted to emphasize that Islam has always been a religion of love, uh, although you never read about this in the newspapers. Um, and it's opposed to the spirit of St. Paul, who said, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Um, you have the founder of Sufi love mysticism, the sixth Shiite Imam, Jafar al-Sadiq, who said, whosoever love for us increases, his love for women must also increase. And whosoever love for women increases, his faith also increases. So you have this theory of romantic love in Islam from the very beginning, and then you have the theory of divine love with Rabbeh in the 9th century, 8th century, and then you have Mohasabi, the great psychologist, writing about the inner states of the heart, and he wrote a separate book on love, and you have Sum, Sum Nun al-Moheb, Sum Nun the lover, again in the early 10th century, who said that love is the principle of, of the spiritual way. And then you move to the school of Baghdad in the 10th century, and, and figures such as Nuri, who used the word passionate love, esh, to refer to God, and Halaj, who equated love with the divine essence. Um, and this then entered into Islamic philosophy, into Avicenna's uh, treatise on the essence of love, where he adopted some of Halaj's ideas. And then in Spain, you have Ibn Khaz writing the ring, the ring, um, uh, the ring of the dove, and um, it's a sort of uh, a book on romantic love in, in the Arabic culture in Cordova in, in the 10th century, which influenced the art of courtly love by Capellanus later on and directly entered into that tradition of courtly love, which you're going to hear about next month from Andrew Fisardi, who's talking on courtly love and sacred love in Dante. And then you come to the 12th century with Abu Hamed Ghazali, uh, who wrote a whole separate book on love um, in his uh, revivica revivification of the sciences of religion, and his brother wrote the first mystical treatise in Persian on love, uh, where human and divine love are... are, are are ambiguous. You don't know the difference between them. So there's no dichotomy between them. So this school of love basically blossoms with Rumi, which Dr. Gomshi is going to speak about tonight. And he's one of the few speakers that I know of who can synthesize these various systems and theories of love into a coherent sort of worldview. Um, and he can tell you, and you can ask him afterwards, the relevance of these doctrines to the art of courtly love that you find in Europe in the 12th and 13th century. And the last point I want to make is that for members of the audience that don't read Persian, 
Um, he has written a fabulous essay which is called The Principles of the Religion of Love in Classical Persian Poetry, which is the opening essay in, in a volume which I edited. It's over there on the table if anyone wants to buy it, which is called The Religion of Love in Classical Persian Poetry. Uh, Hafez in the Religion of Love in Classical Poetry. So he has a separate chapter, a section in there on the religion of love in Rumi, religion of love in Hafez, religion and love in antinomianism in Islam, uh, and things like that. So um, that's the literary side of Dr. Gomshi, which not too many people know about. Now the last thing I want to say um, before you welcome him is just to let you know that there's a... on. Um, March 31st, Saturday, there's a um, conference, The Beauty of Classical and Contemporary Persian Music, where Dr. Gomshi will be speaking at the School of Oriental and African Studies just around the corner. So you're all welcome to come to it. There are flyers about that on the table. Thank you very much. Please welcome Dr. Gomshi. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the symposium of Rumi in the true sense of the word. Symposium means sitting together and drinking wine. <laughs> Rumi, actually, symposium means sitting together and uh, drinking wine. This is the symposium of Plato, and this is the symposium of good cultured people and there are symposium on economics, on oil, that belongs to some other people. <laughs> so I wish to offer you a salutation from Rumi, salutation of not a sober man, but an intoxicated man. Rumi says, any greeting you hear, salam, or good morning, or hello, you will, be, you will get involved in some problem later because people are just going to pray you for their own interests. But the salon, the salutation of an intoxicated man is the one which uh, really welcomes you and wishes you the best things of the world. So Rumi, <coughs> tonight is our guest on Aftab Khawar Mehman Mast Emshab that son of the East is our guest tonight and the loaf of the firmament the loaf of heaven is on the table our, our bread tonight oh minstrels Oh, singing, sweet singing minstrels, sing about love, sing the secrets of love. It is our time to dance tonight. It is time of revelry and twirling and whirling and dancing tonight. And then Rumi goes on to say that uh, don't be sour, be sweet, because we have sugar, we have nectar, we have honey in our shop tonight. <coughs> so our cup bearer, Saari, 
his roomie tonight because he is going to offer you brimful cups of spiritual wine, cups of uh, ginger wine of love, cups of wisdom, cups of wisdom and intellectuality and all sorts of other cups of pure beauty he is going to offer you and he is a singer and he is a player as well with flutes so he is going to tell you a long long story of 25,000 couplets it is just there are many many stories within but all is the story of love نی حدیث راه پرخون می کند قصه های عشق مجنون می کند This flute of mine is telling the story and the complaints and the sweet pangs of love all through the masnavi all through the work and all through his sonnets as well his lyrics and all through as I said uh, discourses love is not one of the topics of Rumi alongside with other topics it is the main theme of all he has said and he says Masnaviye ma dukane vahdatas our Masnavi or our rhyming couplets rhyming couplets uh, belongs to Rumi something like uh, blank verse to Milton you see Masnavi, when they say it's a, it's a pattern. So, but since Rumi has mastered the, the, the form, so when they say Masnavi, it means uh, not general meaning, but Masnavi of Rumi. Just as when we say the blank verse, it means Milton, it paradise lost. So, the Masnavi <coughs> is the story of love. The sonnets are the story of love and Rumi is a man of love. If you ask him, whatever you ask him, he would answer with some flavor of love. He is the Solomon. Rumi is the Solomon sitting on the throne of ruling all demons, of ruling all evil all giants he has trampled all of them and he has infettered and enchanged all of them he is like David whose love is 100% you have heard the story that David had 99 wives and he was still for another one Rumi says, I am David. He is right, and I am like David, because love is 100%. Love is not 99%. So if you, there is a single person you don't love, then you are not a lover. A lover is in the widest circle. There is no circle in the world wider than love. So you cannot leave anyone out. Even the worst of people, Rumi says, think about them, why they had been created. 
همز بدنامان نباید ننگ داشت so, love for Rumi is the key he says a bunch of key to open all locks and all padlocks whatever you are barred behind you can open it with the key of love what is religion whatever question whatever philosophical discussion whatever uh, psychological discussion ethical discussion uh, aesthetic discussion they are all brightened by the by the light of love for example religion what is religion religion is love my religion rumi says i am not a muslim چه تدبیره مسلمانان که من خود را نمیدانم What can I do, O oh Muslims? Because I do not know myself. I do, I do not recognize myself. نه گبرم، نه مسلمانم، نه هندویم، نه ترسایم، نه گبرم، نه مسلمانم. I am neither a Hindu, nor a Muslim, nor a Christian, nor a Jew. I am none of them. I am neither from the earth, nor from heaven. nor from here, nor from there, nor from east, nor from west. I belong to my beloved. So the question of ethics, what is ethics? Ethics, you don't need to learn certain virtues and try through certain practices to follow certain uh, virtues and become a virtuous person. But you have to be a lover. When you are a lover, then you are like your beloved. هر که او همرنگ یار خیش نیست، عشق او جز رنگ و بویی بیش نیست. A person who has not the same color, has not the same harmony as his beloved, then he is a liar, he is not in love. When you are in love with the universal love, you are in love with the creator of the world. You are in love with the source of all beauty, all goodness. So how can you uh, tell a lie? How can you do anything which is below your dignity? You are so high. You are the king of the world. You are a lover. So a lover is a virtuous person. Automatically. He doesn't need to uh, renounce people and to go to some uh, solitude. and uh, to recite certain names or to say some prayers he just has to be a lover so what happened that Rumi himself became a lover he wasn't a lover before that he had heard about love but love was a subject of discussion I told you the story, I repeat it here again, that when they asked, what is the lion? He said, this is lion, L-I-O-N, this is lion. They said, this is, this is some letters, this is not lion. Then they said, he said, oh, this is the lion. He has started painting and, and depicting the picture. And they said, this is the lion. He said, no, if you beat it, it doesn't move. So it's not a lion. Again, 
He took them by the hand and brought them to the woods and he showed them the lion over there. He said, that is the lion. They said, no, this is not the lion. He said, why? What is the lion? They said, the lion is the one that devoured you. So far as you are discussing about love, so far as it is a question, it is a psychological, philosophical, or it's a topic, you, it has to devour you. It has to be experienced. You have to change your mind. You have to change your state of consciousness. Love is a state of consciousness. And it depends, of course, love has different degrees, but the higher the degree, of course, the greater the man. Until you, you first, when you are born, you are in love with the milk of your mother. And then you are in love with something else, a higher and higher and higher. And then, gradually, you come to know that you should not limit yourself to any particular limited beloved. Why you can have the whole. He is the lover of the whole, the lover of the universe, the universal. So, if uh, there is a poem by Rumi that Ishq Gyardi if you want to understand everything you have to become that thing because man is what he thinks this is what Rumi first said you are what you think if you think of the garden you are a garden if you think of the nightingale you are a nightingale if you think of reason then you are a reasonable man you are reason See, some people are crystallization of reason. They walk and talk like reason. And if you want to understand what is love, you have to become, to understand love, you have to become a lover. You will come to know how lovely, how beautiful is love. Rumi, before the auspicious event early in the 17th century in 604 of um, solar year after the hijra of, of the flight of Muhammad in the beginning of the 7th century something great happened Sorry, it was it was uh, six, four. It was six, four, and two, something like that. I'm not quite sure. So he happened to meet with a dervish, with a dervish who was in search of him. The dervish was in search of Rumi, and Rumi was waiting for such a great mirror. In Masnavi, he says, when I was young, I dreamt, when I was young, I dreamt that uh, the sun itself is saluting me and is respecting me. And then when I woke up, I thought, it is, how is it possible that the sun is God? Sun is the symbol of God. How can the son of the sons come and salute me and respect me? 
But when I saw Shams, Shams Tabrizi, Shams also means the sun. But it was the name of Darvish. So he says that Shams, when I saw Shams, then my dream came true. I saw in his mirror, who am I? Actually, Shams came to say, you are not a philosopher, you are not a theologian like Ghazali, you are not like Imam Fakhr Razi, you are not even um, um, a scholar, a great scholar, you are a lover, and you have a mission of propagating love around the world. You are the messenger of love. This is what he showed. Actually, Shams was looking for a mirror, and he was himself a mirror. He wanted to see himself in the mirror of Rumi. Wherever he looked, nobody showed him. You see? Because everybody is thinking about himself. Nobody has uh, the purgation, the full purgation to show your face in his mirror. So there are very, very few people who are a mirror, universal <coughs> mirror. Shakespeare was a universal mirror. Look at Shakespeare. And everybody can find himself there. Look at Sadi. Look at Emerson. They are universal mirrors. And Shams Tabrizi was a universal, purgated, incandescent mirror. And uh, Rumi, when uh, got acquainted with him, so he was uh, received to that level of eye from the level of ear. He had heard much about Sufism, about love, about mysticism. He, he knew much. He was a scholar. He was a great man of knowledge. But he said, Gusham Shenit, I had, I had heard much about the story of love, the story of faith, as he says. Gusham Shenit, Even I heard the story of faith and love, I became intoxicated. What would happen if I see? So I want someone to show me. And Shams was the one who showed. Some people asked, what did Shams uh, tell Rumi? What discussions they had? It wasn't a question of, uh, of words. It wasn't a question of hearing. It was the question of vision. It was the question of seeing. So he raised Rumi, Shams raised Rumi from the level of hearing to the level of seeing. He brought him to the window and said, well, you are looking for that. That's it, sitting there. Balabe Panjari Sama, near the window of music. Music is also a mirror. In the mirror of music, you can see what you have heard. Music is not recollection of the memories of the past. It is recreation. You see that. You find yourself again in the gathering, in the gathering which you have lost. So, He brought him to the window and said, Honest on Yiki, that single one you are looking for is this. And this is all. 
It's all that happened. He changed the state of consciousness of Rumi. He brought him to the level of a cosmic consciousness. He gave him a consciousness of uh, the whole universe. And then he saw that uh, that beloved of all creation in everything. He saw that everything is a mirror, actually. When you come to know him first, if you don't know him, nothing is a mirror. But when you come to know him, say, well, this tree is also a mirror. That flower is also a mirror. Even that person who is no good is a mirror. Everybody can be a mirror. And all are manifestation of that one single uh, being. Because he is the essence of being. And being is everywhere to be heard, to be seen, to be felt. And if Muhyiddin, about when he speaks about Dawood, his Dawood is the, uh, the, the prophet of love. But Muhyiddin says, Kalami Vujudiye, Fasso Hikmatin Vujudiye, Fi Kalimatin Dawoodiye. Because wujud and love have the same meaning. They say, they are not the same, they say musawwiqe, not musawwi. Love and wujud are musawwiqe. Musawwiqe is another word for musawwi, means equal. They are equal, but equal not exactly uh, in conception, but outside when you come outside. When it is in your mind that love is something else, Wujud is, has another conception, yeah, another tasabur, another uh, image you have of. But when you come to the reality outside, you see that wherever wujud, wherever being is extended, love is extended. Then truth is extended. Then beauty is extended. So there's nothing, that is why Plato says, Beauty, beauty is love, sorry, beauty is truth and truth is beauty. Because truth is being, is the very essence of being, the ultimate reality of the whole world is being. So being and love are together because wherever being is, love is, sensation is, feeling is intelligence every atom of the world has intelligence Rumi says با شما گویند روزان و شبان جمله ذرات عالم بی زبان ما سمیعیم و بسیریم و حشیم every atom of the world is speaking to you that we, we, we have eyes to see we understand, we hear but we, you are not intimate with us you are not initiated into the world of secrets so we don't speak to you I don't tell you what uh, is going in the world otherwise every, every tree knows that, every bird knows that Emily Dickerson says um, uh, that the hills told the secrets uh, to the trees and the trees told it to the bird and she says that I decided to go to the bird and ask the bird about the secret but then I said it is better to let the secret be remain a secret because when it is a secret it's romantic when you reveal the secret you lose all the romance about it so Rumi knows the secret but he 
covers it. He's because he said, "Agar az am betarsi ke sohan fash koni." If you are afraid of um, mediocre people, of ordinary people, to reveal the secrets, sohan am sohan khas nahan dar sohan am begu. Then that's a special words that belong to the elite. Hide it in the ordinary speech which you are giving to the mediocre. And even if you are afraid of that, then you can uh, speak in music, you can sing. Singing is a little bit more uh, uh, in veil than uh, the secrets of uh, philosophy, the secrets of mysticism, because music is the most uh, under the deepest and the thickest veil for, for ordinary people of course for the mediocre now let me read one poem from Rumi to he is showing he is expressing himself what happened to him when he came to know Shams oh yes this is um, in the form of Ghazal. Ghazal means lovemaking in Persian. But it is something like sonnet, but quite different, of course. But it is no more than about 20 lines, no less than 7 lines, between 7 and 14, or it's a bit more. Uh, but um, it has a special rhyme scheme that it has only one rhyme all through the sonnets unlike sonnets of Shakespeare which have different rhyme scheme different rhyme pattern but the wonderful thing about it is uh, the rhythm he wants to say what happened to me and now he has to choose a rhythm full of uh, life lively, full of energy and full of music and uh, with a high tempo something like Allegro you could say dum da da dum 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 this is the rhythm dum da da dum you can dance with it then de bodam gir mor de bodam zen de shodam gir ye bodam khan de shodam dowlat ishq aamad o man dowlat paayan de shodam i was dead i became alive i was weeping i became laughing the power of love which actually means the fortune of love and the blessing of love dowlat ishq aamad o dowlat is something more than power the, the fortune and the blessing of love came and I became everlasting uh, fortune, everlasting wealth. So let me read it from here. My eyes is satiated, did they see marrow? Because I don't need anything more. I'm full. My eyes is satiated, my soul is bold. No one is more courageous than Shakespeare. Sorry, 
Of course, Shakespeare is also that much courageous. He speaks like a king. Even um, Emily Bronte, in his poem, his the last poem, he is she is like a lion speaking of God, and she is uh, of his power, of his infinite power. They, I think, they all have experienced uh, the kingship, the lordship of love. So uh, my eye is satiated, my soul is bold, I have the heart of a lion, I have become shining Venus. He said, he means Shams. Shams, when he came to Rome, he said, well, what are you doing? You have gathered people around you and you have become a, a candle and showing yourself off all the time. You have to be a butterfly. Leave the candle. You are now in the state of being a butterfly. You have to turn around another person. So, he said, you are not mad. You should be mad. At first, Rumi said, uh, at the beginning of every month, for three days, I become mad. Because in Persia, they believed that men have their own per monthly period. Every beginning of the month for three days they become mad so don't trouble them in those three days See, Rumi says but for me every day is the beginning of the month so I'm all through my life I am mad it is not only the three days he said you are not mad you are sober you, you are discussing this and that you are wasting your time about uh, unimportant things he has a story that once somebody uh, gave a slap on another person and ran away. The man ran after him and got him by the collar and said, Why are you beating me? I have to beat you back. He said, Okay, you can beat me back, but I have a question. At first, answer my question and then you can beat me. He said, What's your question? He said, I want to know when I slapped on your back, there was a sound, a throb, something. So I want to see whether it was from my hand or from your head. <laughs> and the man said, well, you can, you, you, have, you are idle. You can think about it. I have um, under pain. I will not think about it. So a person who has some uh, pangs of love, then he would not think about such meager things, such idle things, such um, unimportant things. He just goes to the heart of everything. He, don't, he doesn't ask whether Quran, they, they discussed and discussed and killed each other people for nothing, for prejudices, that whether God, when he gave these, this book of the Quran to Muhammad, whether the book was before that existing in the library of God and then he chose it or he created the book at the time. Is it the question? It is the question of a person of an idle person, a non-lover. A person who is in love says, where is my beloved? I want to see her. I want to move towards her. Who knows the address? Who knows the email? Who knows this is the question, the good question uh, when you are with your beloved. In another story, Rumi says, um, when once 
a man was received uh, in audience of his beloved. The beloved said, well, okay, you can come and see me. And then he came and sat somewhere very politely and then he brought out his book, booklet from his pocket and started reciting some sonnets. Uh, the, the beloved smiled and said, at this time, it is the time of lovemaking. It is not the time of reciting poems. It is not the time of... Uh, this is wasting of time. At the, at the time when you are received, when you are in union with your beloved, it is waste of time to uh, read poetry, to read... These are all for the time of separation. Music is for the time of separation. When you are separated, then you are, you are just... Uh, bemoaning and singing oh where are you and I want to see you this is, but, but when you are with the, with the beloved it doesn't mean anything so you are not he said you are not intoxicated uh, yes I went and became mad I became bound in shackles so I put chains on myself I became mad he said you are not intoxicated. Go for, uh, you, for you belong not to that to this party. I went and became intoxicated. I became overflowing with joy. He said, "You are not slain. You are not drenched in joy, because when you slay yourself, when you kill yourself, killing in in the sense of uh, you just." Uh, destroy destroy all selfish desires that is killing oneself Rumi says if you kill yourself then there is no other enemy against you everybody else would be friend of you so that is one single enemy you have and that is yourself so Shams said and that is the source of sorrow because you are selfish you have to suffer so much sorrow and trouble you cannot enjoy it you remember in the story of um, uh, Pilgrim's Progress that when he threw his uh, load from his back, he was beside himself with joy. So you should be <laughs> drenched in joy, and you are not, so you have not slain yourself. There is another story in Masnavi that once a, a beloved asked his lover, he wanted to test him, he said, do you love me more or yourself? And whatever answer he would give, he would be the loser, because if he said, I love myself more, then he would lose. If I, even if he said, I love you more, then so you love two things. You love yourself and you love me. Uh, how can you love two people at the same time? So the lover was very uh, intelligent, very, very clever. He said, well, I so much annihilated myself in you that I feel one with you. If I love myself, I love you. If I love you, I love myself. See, that is what Rumi uh, actually gives yourself back to you because um, you need yourself. 
you need to have your independence, you have to have your pride. So if you completely kill yourself and you don't give it, get it back, you don't revive it, Rumi revives it for you. He said, yes, you can be a lover and all your being is your beloved. Yourself, you can love yourself because yourself is nothing but your beloved. And you can love all your beloved because your beloved and you are the same. Actually, in romantic love, uh, sorry, in, in erotic love, in love, of course, we usually say romantic when we mean it's been between a man and a woman. Rumi says uh, it is not love until they unite together and become one. If a man and a woman become one, then that's God. It is neither man nor the wife. It's God. Mardozan chon yek shavand on yek toi. Chon ki yek ha mahav shod anak toi. So when you deny yourself and she denies herself and you are united in love, then that is God. That is sacred. That is why lovemaking is sacred when it is true lovemaking, when it is far from selfishness. When it is selfish, it is skin deep. It is not, uh, it is superficial. But when it is a symbol of love, it is a really. So when you deny yourself and she denies herself and you are united in love, then that is God. That is sacred. That is why lovemaking is sacred when it is true lovemaking, when it is far from selfishness. When it is selfish, it is skin deep. It is not, uh, it is superficial. But when it is a symbol of love, it is a realization of love, then you are one with your beloved. And you both lose yourself in love and in each other. So he said, you are not slain, you are not drenched in joy. Before his life-giving face, I became a slain and cast down. He said, you are a clever little man. Cleverness is one of the qualities of the devil. Shaitan is very clever. He knows everything. And uh, so that is why people who go to paradise are not very clever. Rumi says the idiot people go to paradise. It doesn't mean idiot in the true sense of the word, but idiot means they are simple-minded people who do not uh, devise uh, plannings and think about this, think about that, how I can manage this, how I can manage that. They just leave themselves to love and then they do their job of lover. You are a clever little man, drunk with fancy and doubt. I became a fool. That is the, the, the wise fool. Uh, Shakespeare has offered so many of these wise fools. You enjoy them, you see, how, how wise they are. 
I became fool, I became straightened, I became plucked up out of all. He said, you have become a candle. The Qibla means the Kaaba of this assembly. You have made yourself um, a center of attraction. I am not of assembly, I am not candle, I have become a scattered mosque, a smoke, sorry. He said, you are a sheikh and a headman. Even he said that you shouldn't be a sheikh, a guru, that people come to you and respect you and uh, you see, because uh, you become a, um, the devil, you become say, shaitan when people respect you and then you, you enjoy, you enjoy. It is said that Abu Sa'id, the great Sufi, happened to see his own self in a dream. He saw that so fat. He said, what do, you, what do you eat that you have become so fat? He said, I eat respect of people which is done to you. I, that is my food. Your pride is my food. I become bigger and bigger and thicker and thicker. He said, you have I am not sheikh, I am not leader, I have become a slave to your command. And later Rumi says, no sheikh calls you to himself. He never says, come, I am your sheikh. He doesn't believe in himself as a sheikh. He knows himself the lowest of the lowest of men. You have heard the story of Zonun, that once it happened that there was a famine in the city, there was no rain. And suddenly they saw that Zunun, the great Sufi, ran away from the city. And then it rained after a, day, a couple of days. And then somebody asked him, why did you run away from the city? He said, I had heard that sometimes God um, does not give his blessing to some people because of one bad single person so I thought that I might be that so I left the city that if it is because of me God would bless people so they don't consider themselves to be anything of great importance greatness is not from the people, it's from God great men understand it, no great man is proud because he knows well that this greatness is through him not of him so if they understand, they would not become a sheikh, they would not let people uh, kiss their feet, and uh, they would accept no ceremony for themselves to see them. You have to walk like this, you have to talk like that. They wouldn't. Muhammad was free from all these things. He was free. He had no, no signature no ceremony to see him, uh, to talk to him, to be his friend. He was a good friend. He said, you have pinions and wings. I will give you wings and pinions. In desire for his pinion and wings, I became wingless and impotent. So he said, these wings of yours are the wings that would take you to to the to the slough, 
to the to the graveyard, but I will give you powerful pinions, powerful wings, so that you could fly to heaven. So, in love for the pinion he would give me, I cut off my pinions and I plucked it away. New fortune said to me, go not to the way, do not become pained, for out of grace and generosity I am now coming to you. Oh, love said to me, do not move from my breast. I said, yes, I will not, I am at rest and remain. So finally love told me that be prisoner in my breast. And I remained a prisoner in his breast. I did not leave the bosom of love any further. Here I just read it through because uh, it's quite clear. Love came and went again like blood within my flesh and vein. From self-love set me free and with the friend completed me only remains my name I have only just one name everything else has been uh, annihilated have been destroyed my beings every particle the friend took for him for his claim and so the friend became my whole that is the story that gradually I went and went and went and he came and came and came or she you could say because she in Persian literature God is depicted is the image of God on the earth is a woman and Rumi says actually a woman is not created she is the creator she is the light of God you know all sources of spirituality and mysticism and art comes from women. That is what Rumi believes, that a women, women don't look at them as something created. They are creator. Our bark before love's breast saved from the born of death. Love's wine when, when, he, when hearts unite illuminate our night. Wherefore, with that same wine, blessed by this face of mine, until death's dawn shall break, my thirst I'll never slake. Means it is not, it is insatiable. Other wine, you drink a cup or two cups or three cups, then uh, you can no longer drink. And after a time, you have headache and things. But in spiritual wine you can drink and drink and drink and be um, a constant uh, uh, be in constant intoxication Hafez says you are not aware of our constant and continual drinking we are ever drunk Now this is another poem 
هر نفس آباد عشق میرسد از چپ و راست You can clap and you can sing with it You can dance with it Dum da da dum dum da dum Dum da da dum dum da dum See Persian um, Rumi has created more rhythm than any other poet And his rhythms are more lively and uh, in usually in the rhythm of six over eight than four because four is a little bit lighter one two three four one two three four but one two three one two three is it has um, it's better for dancing and for showing one's emotions and Uh, joy so every moment I hear that call is that love is calling me arriving from left and right we are departing from the skies who had a mind for sightseeing so Rumi says we are flying out of this earth we are flying to skies who is coming with us He's calling everybody. If you are my friend, you have to fly with me. Victor Hugo says, make love and then fly. Become a lover and then you can fly. We, we were once in heaven. We were friends of angels. Let us all return thither for That is our city. So our city at first, uh, he says, our city is in heaven. But later he goes on to say, we are even higher than heavens. We are greater because heavens were created for us. God created the heavens and earth for man. So we are greater than that. We are greater than angels. We are greater than Gabriel. We are greater than the throne of God. We are greater than all. We are only comparable with our uh, Creator. He is one with us. When we ascend, like Mi'raj-e Muhammad, when we ascend, when we go higher and higher and approach God and get nearer and nearer until you vanish in Him, and then there is no distinction between you and God. God says, I have certain, uh, certain people, I have certain followers, um, certain slaves, that uh, when they speak, I am speaking. When they hear, I am hearing. If Muhammad, he says, you were not the one who threw the arrow. It was God who threw the arrow. So when you become a lover, then your hand is the hand of God. That's why you become a healer. You can heal people by just, just looking at them. Because that is the, the look of God. That is the hand of God. So, um, between the lover and the beloved, the distinction is uh, finished. Your luck is How far is the world of dust from the pure substance? Upon what have you alighted? Load up what place is this? 
load up he is calling everybody that this is not a good place this is Kharabat, this is a ruined place so this is not a good abode of exile we have to leave this place towards heaven of course that heaven doesn't need going upward or downward or this way or that way it is a consciousness when your consciousness uh, becomes vaster and vaster more extended then you are in heaven suddenly you find yourself in another horizon you see things other people don't see you hear things other people don't hear uh, it is not just by they ask well how did Muhammad could fly so many stars from heaven to heaven they think that this is the heaven of the earth and the heaven of um, the realm of space it is beyond the space Mi'raj or the ascent of Muhammad was beyond time beyond place that is why Rumi says the time when Muhammad went to Mi'raj I was there when he came there I was sitting there in the gathering when it was Muhammad and Gabriel even Gabriel was rejected but I was sitting there that is, he wants to say that it is beyond time and place. So, this Tutiya uh, Hind, the parrot of India, Amir Khosru Dehlavi, he says, Muhammad Sham'e Mahfil Bud, Sham'e Joy Kiman Budam. Last night, I was in a place, in a gathering, when the hostess was God. The host was God. And I was sitting there at the side of Muhammad. Of course, he was the, the candle of the gathering, but I was there. So, at any time you can achieve to ascend, you will see all the sacred, all the saints. You can see all of them. Uh, that is why in, in prayer, in namaz, you see, you, you salute, you greet the angels. It means that you are in another realm. You go higher and higher. So I will leave it. Um, later we will give you a collection of these poems in um, paper. The last line I read, the wave of alas came along and called the body's ship. When the ship is wrecked once more, the turn of union and encounter will come. See this word alas is at the heart of Persian literature. If you can choose, you want to choose just one word, the richest word in meaning is alas. Because alas is the covenant made between God and man. And the story is that according to the Quran, that once God gathered all sons of Adams who were not created still, but they were present in his in in his presence in the presence of God gathered them and he showed himself to them that look at me and then asked am I not your Lord am I not your Lord alas to am I not alas means am I not your Lord they all said yes yes of course you are my Lord and Rumi says we 
When we come here, some people remember the word alast. Remember what happened in the alast. Even if, if we remember, they would, uh, we would say, yes, yes. Um, when there is marriage in Iran, of course everywhere, they say, bale, yes. Are you, do you accept to be the wife of, of such and such person? And she would say, yes. So this yes, and the man says, would you like to marry this lady uh, upon such and such conditions? He would say, yes. This yes is the same yes as we said, because she is, that lady is my Lord. I would say, am I not your Lord? Am I not the one all source of blessings come to you? Am I not uh, the center of your house? Am I not the, the light of your house, the, the warmth, the fire of your house? Am I not that? And then say, yes. So Rumi has given many different interpretations of this word, alas, uh, which is the remembrance, of the memory of love that once we fell in love with him was the day of alas. We had the cup of wine of alas. That is why they say the wine of alas. When you remember the story that once we were in the presence of beauty, in the presence of goodness, in the presence of truth, and he said, am I not your Lord? Of course, because beauty is your Lord, because truth is your Lord untruth is not your Lord it would not help you good is your Lord badness and evil and hatred they are not your Lord so you have once said yes and now you say no you don't, I don't accept your Lordship but I am surely your Lord so there is another story in Masnavi about this alas that um, when Joseph was thrown into the well, you remember the story of Joseph, according to the Quran, the brothers, the jealous brothers, the envious brothers, they throw him just because she was because he was better than them, because he was so beautiful. Both outwardly and inwardly, so they throw him in the in the well. But the moment he went down, like Alice, he, he had a free uh, descent. A free descent. He was uh, brought. He was brought down to the end of the well with uh, Gabriel. Gabriel brought him down, and then he heard Joseph said that uh, oh don't be sorry about that my beloved um, you I put you here but from here you will become one day the king and you will see your brother and you will um, show them what they have done and you will make them ashamed actually when Joseph was the king and the brothers came to him he was so delicate in his heart he was so merciful and so good that he didn't tell them why did you throw me. He, but he 
dreamt that he would become the king. So when you are sure that you are going to become a king and you believe in your dream that this is the true dream, it is not an idle dream, then whatever happens to you, you can accept it with endurance, with happiness. You would not be sorrowful about anything because you are sure that you are going to come out, you are going to go back to Egypt and you are going to become a king. So a person who knows the end, who knows the end, uh, is happy. There is a funny story about two people, uh, two friends, where they were looking at a, a film. In the middle of the film, there was uh, a, a horse race. There was a white horse and there was a black horse. One of them said, okay, I would uh, give you a thousand dollar if uh, the white house wins. And the other said, okay, if the black one is the winner, you have to give me a thousand. And if the white one won, I will give you a thousand dollars. When the film went on until it was proved that uh, the white horse was the winner. The man brought him a thousand dollars and said, here you are, I, am, I lost and you are the winner. The man looked at the money, the thousand dollars and said, well, I can't take it, it doesn't go down because I have seen the film three times. <laughs> I have seen the film three times. So um, I can't accept it because I knew that it's sure. The other person said, don't worry about it. Um, take it and be happy. I'll give you the thousand because I had seen the film five times. <laughs> but I thought that maybe, maybe this time the black one or the white one. This is what people do actually. They know that the end of good is quite clear. The story of the good man and the story of the bad man, you have, we have read about it. We know about it that he is not going to be the winner. The good ones are going to be the winner. The lovers are going to be the winner. So the film is quite clear at the end of the story. is quite clear. How is it that people, what so many times they read in, in history, they have read many times, not five times, 50 times, that such and such, they know the story of Richard III, the Richard II, you know the story of so and so. They, they have seen with their own eyes. They have read about it. But still, they just uh, uh, think that this time I will win, I will uh, ravage people of their rights, and I'll do so and so, I will kick this one, I will kick that one, and then I will win. You, will not going to, you are not going to be the winner. So, oh yes, uh, this is the last piece. I'm sorry that uh, I'm like Rumi. Rumi uh, doesn't follow any order. <laughs> he starts Masnavi with the story of Ney, the story of the flute, and then he goes on to say a story. And then at the end of the story, he goes to interpret uh, one of the um, 
traditions of Muhammad. And then he goes on to say some high philosophical uh, question. And then he goes on from, from everything, he suddenly has a digression. Of course, these digressions, um, it is not abrupt, but he is, suppose, the, he is telling you the story of the parrot. The merchant was going to, uh, to India, and then so he uh, invited all his friends and family and said, everyone can ask me something to bring for him from India. So his son, his, his uh, cousin, his, everybody asked him something that bring me this, bring me that. And then he had a parrot. He asked the parrot, what would you like me to bring for you uh, from India? The parrot said, well, I have a question, of course. I have some, something to ask you. What is that? Would you like me some sugar or to bring you some sugar? He said, no, no, no. When you go to India and you happen to see the parrots on the trees, please tell them my, this message, that I am here in the cage. Think about me. Please, it is very good that people think about each other and remember each other. So think of some, something so that I would be relieved from this prison. I am in a prison. Is it good that you are free and flying for yourself and I am here in, in, in chain and behind the bars? And then from here, suddenly Rumi goes to the story of man and he says, Oh God, you have sent us here. We were free. We could fly here and there and we had, you had made us prisoner here. You see, so every moment... Um, out of no particular reason Rumi has a digression to some other uh, actually he is telling you the story of Ayaz the love of Ayaz is very exceptional love has made Rumi mad he says oh Ayaz your story has made me mad I can no longer continue telling your story now, now it is good that you come and tell me tell my story you see it is wonderful that uh, the poet is calling one of the characters for example Shakespeare he said oh Hamlet what are you doing now come, uh, come to me and you help me with writing the other play he is addressing his hero that oh Ayaz I am I am I'm torn to pieces my heart is torn asunder with your love what sort of love is it that you have because um, Ayaz was in love with his old shoes. When he came to Sultan Mahmud, he had uh, hidden the old shoes and the old dress with which he had come to Sultan Mahmud. And every time he went and had a look at the shoes, and he was so in love with these shoes, torn shoes, and uh, the rags of his uh, 20 years before. And Sultan Mahmud asked him what is it about, and then he explained. So Rumi had become mad, he frenzied, that what sort of love, how is it that you love this rag? Because we have to remember, we are now sitting here, we have sight, we have thinking, we have 
all sorts of different faculties, infinite in faculties, what lovely thing God has created, what a piece of work God has created. And now you are clay. Don't, don't you remember that? And now you are proud? Remember that what you have been. Go and look at those shoes. Go and look at those, your previous states of being. So you see that you are now a king. You can walk, you can talk, you can paint, you can listen to, to music, you can discuss with your friends, you can reject this, you can accept that. It, it is wonderful that you are clay. Just go back and look at yourself. So I will just bring this an end by uh, one of some of the uh, qualities of love. Love is an alchemy, first of all, because it transmutes cover, copper into gold, the copper of your being. You become gold. You are... Um, copper is not very uh, precious, but gold is precious. So it transmutes, and the transmutation is more than that, because copper and gold are not far from each other. They are both uh, metal. But love can change. Love, through love, bitter things seem sweet. Through love, bits of copper are made gold. Through love, dregs taste like pure wine. <coughs> through love, pains are as healing bombs. Through love, torn become roses. Because if you go and visit people who have torn in their feet and try to pick, to pick it out. That is the flower. That's the flower of love. That's the garden. That torn is better than a garden. Through love, a, a prison, through love, reverse of fortune seems good fortune. The uses of adversity through love, a prison seems a close bower, a rose bower. Through love, a great, a great full of, full of ashes, a great full of ashes seems a garden. Through love, burning fire is pleasing light. Through love, devil becomes a huri. Huri is an angel, a beautiful, fair, laid gear. Through love, hard stones become soft as butter, through love wax becomes hard iron grief is a joy ghoul ghoul is the one who deceives people ghoul in the wilderness ghouls turn into angels, sings through love, stings are as honey and lions are harmless as mice and sickness is health because love is called the panacea it is the cure for all diseases is a cure for avarice, is a cure for jealousy, is a cure for um, hatred, is a cure for uh, ambition, is a cure, it, it is just one medicine that cures all. It is called panacea, a cure all medicine. Sickness is health. Through love, wrath is as mercy. Through love, the dead rise to life. And through love, the king becomes a slave. And through love we become uh, immortal because 
Rumi says that that is the elixir, elixir of life. Love is the elixir of life. And he says that my poetry will someday make you responsible that I was elixir of life. I called you, you didn't come. So he says that you are responsible towards my poetry. I have a mission. I am a prophet. Rumi had been called a prophet, actually, by many great scholars, that his book is the Quran in, in Persian language. So he says, he himself says, uh, one day my poetry will put you to judge. That I called you, I was elixir of life, free of charge, and I offered it to you, and you didn't accept. So what is your punishment? Deprivation. I hope that uh, this very brief account of, uh, and faulty account of Rumi's love has given you just another taste of that flavor, that wine, which is uh, mixed with ginger, and it, is, it makes everyone inebriated and intoxicated. Um, <clears throat> you can see with uh, Dr. Gomshay the, the profundity of the, the Persian uh, culture and, and the, the amount of coverage that he has of the Masnavi, you know, it, all, th this poetry that he's interpreting for you, he knows all by heart. And the other commentary that he's given, he also knows by heart. So this is 25,000 lines of, of, a, of an epic poem which he's commenting on, plus the 35,000 lines of these ghazals that he's commenting on. So it's a, it's an, and these, of course, are poems that all the Iranians know as well. They're, they're, they're as common as nursery rhymes. Everyone knows them by heart. And he's giving them to you with the, you know, the most profound commentary, and I think we're very indebted to him. So we have time now for... Um, I guess about 10 minutes of questions. So, anyone has any questions, please? Yes? First of all, thank you. That was a real tour de force, so inspiring. Um, as we were speaking earlier, um, there is tragically a perception in the West for many people that Islam is, you know, suicide bombers, etc. As this talk is going on to the Timonos Academy website, for people who have got this misperception about Islam, would you have a few words that you could say to perhaps encourage them to look deeper, any books or any particular thoughts you might have that would inspire them to look beyond the very narrow misperception? Uh, pure love what is Muhammad and Quran is the book of love and a faithful man is the one according to the Quran 
whose love for God is utmost, whose utmost love is God. And God loves them and they love God. It is all question of love. So for Rumi, he doesn't say that, okay, let this religion aside and come to the religion of love. He wants to say that the religion of love is the Quran. But people, when they uh, understand it to their own selfish desires, they want to dominate other people, they want to uh, become sheikh, <laughs> they want to become um, prince, they would want to become a ruler, they want to become rich. So that is why they change the meaning. Why the Quran is, has no prejudice for any religion. I told you that uh, perennial philosophy is at the heart of the Quran. That your salvation is not in prayer, in fasting, in going to Mecca. It is not in that. Your salvation is in treating, believing in God as a lover and creator of the world and believing in the immortality of the soul and believing uh, in compensation theory that if A, then B. You cannot do anything and then run away. You have to be good. So to do the good deed and to believe in God and to believe in, it, in immortality of the soul, that is the true way to salvation according to the Quran. I don't see anything in the Quran that uh, would allow people to be harsh. Even he said that if your enemy, if your if your enemy is um, is trying to, uh, you could say. Sorry. If he is against you, if he is swearing against you, if he is accusing you, if they are cursing your God, don't curse their God. Even if they are worship, worshipping idols, if follow, follow, Don't swear, don't use bad names, don't call bad names to those people who are calling besides God, besides Allah. So I see that Quran is uh, an offer. Muhammad never said that you have to, nobody could say have to, you ought to. He says this is an offer. You can either take it or reject it. And uh, your responsibility is uh, by yourself. Well, I just wanted to add that he's written a book. It's only 750 pages long. Um, and it's called... Uh, it is, no, in the 900. 900 pages, sorry. Uh, in the Company of the Quran. It's a beautiful commentary on the Quran. Unfortunately, it's in Persian. <laughs> yes, I have written something to show that Quran is the book of, of love. It's the book of uh, universal peace with the whole world. Actually, in one verse, um, he says, O oh people, I have created you in different religions, in different races, in different uh, tribes, so that you would become 
acquainted with each other. So who is better? He doesn't say the Muslim is better or the Jew is better. He's the more virtuous, the one who is more virtuous, he is the better. So I don't see that if it says that you have to kill, you have to fight, it is with the one who has taken his sword and is going to kill you. You have to defend yourself. You are allowed to defend yourself. But he said that if he throw away his sword, don't take him anymore. Don't discuss with him anymore. Don't go after him to kill him. Because he has just uh, lived uh, the war and <coughs> is in peace. So the moment you, the other side is, um, is ready to make peace, he says, okay, make peace. He never, he, you don't go on with war because you have no war with anyone unless somebody is going to uh, transgress your rights. Thank you. Yeah. Um, could I just mention, please, that in the introduction tonight, St. Paul was quoted, and I may have misunderstood the reason for the quotation, but it seemed as though there was some sort of opposition being made about um, Rumi's teaching and St. Paul, but the true teaching of Christ is also universal love. Yes. I, I didn't quite follow what, the, what this was reference was in the introduction tonight, because it, it sounded as though an opposition was being made, when in actual fact, as I say, the teaching of Christ is universal love as well. Yeah, you can, you can answer that the way you like. She she says that uh, the the teaching of Christ is universal love, and uh, this is what she sees from the teaching of Christ. So yeah. oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, there are so many stories about in Rumi about Jesus Christ, and there are there is so much respect for all the prophets of God, particularly for Mary, for Maryam, and the most beautiful announcement, announcement of Gabriel when it appeared to Mary, most beautiful expression of that. I think that um, Rumi doesn't make any difference between uh, prophets of God and um, he believes that Jesus was the Ruh, the, the Spirit of God. And he says that a part of Jesus is in every one of us. They are all Ruhullah. Ruhullah is, then, is the title uh, of uh, Jesus in Persian, the Spirit of God. He says the Spirit of God is in all of us. And the, a, a peace something of Allah is also in the heart of us so find Jesus in your own heart if Jesus is born in Bethlehem Bethlehem, Bethlehem a thousand times it is of no use to you Jesus is to be born in your heart so he says that Jesus is, is an ever present entity ever present entity universal being who 
is still in this world and he is still healing people if the people follow him. So he doesn't make any, he says that people who see two, they are squinted eyes. <laughs> you see? And he says the story, a very funny story, that once a boy asked his father, the boy was uh, squinted eyes. And um, he said, oh, my father, how is it that people say squinted eyes, people see double everything, double uh, image? Uh, while I don't see anything double, I see only two uh, moon in the sky. I wouldn't see it four. I, if it was true, I would see it more. Four, four moon. While I only see two moon. So it's, they are not right. So Rumi says uh, sometimes um, he, he even um, confesses himself that every now and then I, I speak of something different just because people are squinted eyes and I I am living among the people all of them see two I, I should say two which is okay there are two moon in the sky <laughs> uh, any, I mean he sometimes tolerates the idea of the people that okay if you say that there are two then there are two while they are one. So it is only the double image, the second image, Muhammad and Jesus are one. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, you can all ask him any questions you have uh, privately, of course. And the next talk will be um, on Wednesday, March 28th, um, and he'll be talking on form and meaning in Rumi and aesthetic approach. Thank you very much.